passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know, we've seen this before, haven't we? Two competitors in the ring saying that they want to go at it right here, right now, but it never seems to transpire. Well, this is SmackDown Live, and I'm back. So what's going to happen is we're going to have AJ Styles taking on Daniel Bryan in the Crown Jewel WWE Championship match right here tonight in Hotland of Georgia. As if they don't have too much on their plates, the Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade, they'll talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. Rewind to SmackDown. Rewind to SmackDown. Rewind to SmackDown. Hello, it's John Pollock and Waiting. Welcome to Rewind a Smackdown. What's hey. good? Oh, uh, what's good? Wow, that's a new one. Or what's bad? What, what, whatever is happening that has an opinion from you, I'm happy to hear. Uh, well, that's why we're here, isn't it? I have uh, plenty of opinions, I guess, when it comes to this show. Our show or just the show? Of uh, Smackdown. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm happy to hear your opinions on our dynamic, our show. Uh, I think it's been going all right. Yeah, it's fine. Would you listen to our show? Mm. Do you listen to our show? Um, Not that often. No. Um, I already hear it when I'm doing it, so I don't have that much incentive. I think sometimes you should go back and listen. It's hard to do, but you should do it. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. But but uh, what? Just to critique my my own. I think it's good to hear yourself as opposed to just talking. I don't think you fully process it. I always find I get something when I listen to myself, but I hate 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 doing it. And my compromise, as I've said before, is that I have more more of a tolerance to hearing my own voice when it is one and a half times the speed. Right. It's almost enough of a different person. There's the odd time I listen where I'm like, I'm pretty good. So. I I would encourage you to inc- increase the speed, so you can be an egomaniac like me. Uh it's good to to judge your own work. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm excited about this show because we are going to reveal the winner of the Halloween costume contest. Yeah, our Facebook Halloween costume contest. Yes, I think my goal for 2019. When we're up to phase 85 or so, I think we are going to attempt to have the first ever post-wrestling Halloween party. Okay. You think, do you think we can pull this off? Like an actual party? Yes. Who uh, gonna, Who's invited? Well, Braden's going to plan it all. And 
all of our listeners can come to the Halloween party. Okay, your house? No, no, it'll be at Braden and Davy's house. Um, I think you should ask them. They just agreed. Okay, great. Thursday night, October 31st, 2019. Um, sure, man. Are you free? I don't know. Well, make yourself free. I think that can happen. But tonight, we are going to have our own party, picking out the winner of this costume contest. I'm looking forward. I was looking at some of the entries. It's going to be a tough decision. I've not seen any of the entries, so uh, I kind of look forward to it. Tell you what, why don't we do it after the Facebook Watch Mix Match Challenge? Perfect. I love how symmetrical we have made all of this. Yeah. Symmetry was the word I was going for, I think. But nonetheless, who cares? Uh, I don't, get I don't know if that's the word you're going for, actually. Uh, there's a symmetry there between the, the Facebook platform that you have. We are, we're going to go from Facebook to Facebook. Oh, Whatever the word okay. is. Yeah, that's what I've... Wasn't that what you were trying to play off of? Yeah, but I don't know if uh, that's, it's symmetrical. Uh, well, that's why I corrected myself. Symmetry and, and whatever. Okay, let's move on. All right, let's move on. Please uh, let let me know. Let me know, everybody. Okay. Uh, lots of shows coming up this week. Uh, let's save that for later in the show, unless you want to go over this week uh, now. I think everybody knows what's up. I mean... Um... Lots of stuff on the cafe, uh, lots of stuff on the free feed as well. Uh, Crown Jewel Friday. Um, check it out. Yes. Um, big show on Friday. So tune in for that. Uh, we'll, we'll quickly go through everything at the end of the show. But we have news. We have news to discuss. You can always get your news at postwrestling.com. And that's the, the only plug we will uh, throw at you. So tonight's SmackDown. We'll get into this further, but it does appear, way that after... Uh, much deliberation and questions being asked about the man. It looks pretty certain Daniel Bryan will not be getting on a plane tomorrow, will not be going to Saudi Arabia, and instead we are going to get AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe at Crown Jewel on Friday. And on top of that, as an add-on to the Crown Jewel event, Ryan Satin is reporting that Renee Young is going to be part of the Crown Jewel broadcast. Uh, Ryan reported wow. that this began back in September. The WWE was uh, pushing for this, for Renee to get on, and I guess it has been finalized that she will be part of the broadcast on Friday, and I think that becomes a really interesting element of this entire show uh, to watch. Um, did, you, did you know about this, or are you just hearing about this for the first time? Uh, this is the first time I'm hearing about Renee. Um, that's really interesting, and I'm surprised they didn't mention that on this broadcast. Yes, I would think this is something that they are going to go out of their way to use as a, hey, we've, we've got this. This is something that we can point to as you know a means to, hey, this is the change that is happening. And I think enough people can look at this and whether you just look at it simply like this is optics, that this is you know going to be used for that, I'm glad she's on the show. I don't care what the reasoning is or what the... Uh, the motives are for it going through, whatnot. I think it's 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 a great thing that she is on this show. I'm happy for her if she actually wants to do the show. Well, I I mean, as Ryan is reporting, this started back in September, which would have been before the the Jamal Hashoji 
uh, death. So, I mean, it's something that you have to look at now that this deal, this has been a really big story. And not just Saudi Arabia, but the WWE have caught so much flack for this show coming that it just made... Like, why would you not do something like this unless you were so entrenched in your beliefs that no women could be on this show? Obviously, the WWE wants women on this show. And this is at least something that can, I mean, for some people that just are looking for any kind of a defense of this show, this will be something they can point to. I don't think that this erases anything on this show, but I am happy that it's happening. And as you said, that Renee wants to be doing this show. Yeah, it's like the one positive piece of PR um, that that might be attached to this. So uh, beyond that, I mean, Mark Henry made some comments about this to TMZ uh, regarding John Cena being off the show. He stated uh, he did not, uh, you know, have any issue with John Cena, but he said he himself would would stay on the show as you don't want to let fans down and that he would be going to this show. Uh, But nothing from John Cena. I do not foresee him speaking publicly about this. Uh, but yes, everyone's going to be on their way Wednesday. And it looks like we have our card that is set. And yeah, I, I guess now we just wait and see what kind of a show is going to be produced. If you remember last time, Way, there was a lot of stuff in the days leading up where they were doing lots of videos that were going out of the talent around, uh, around the country. Uh, a lot of social media content that was being put forward. How much of that are we going to see in the coming days leading into Friday? Because this, it seemed like with the greatest Royal Rumble, it was much more than just the live event itself. It was very much a, you know, uh, it, it extended further than just the the four hour show. Right. I'm really not expecting any of that this time around. I mean, I don't know what is stated in these contracts, what they have to put out there. I have to imagine, though, um, under uh, the, the hot water that I think they're all in, they're in right now, I, I would imagine that they might be excused. I mean, if the re- the intent is to promote Saudi Arabia with these shows, they haven't mentioned the word Saudi Arabia for, for the past two weeks. So seeing how uh, strict they, they've been with that, it's hard for me to think that they will do a 180 and just all of a sudden all across their social media uh, show Saudi Arabia tourism videos. It's so hard to say. I don't even want to guess. Like it's the this is such a huge money deal because of that aspect of it that you could argue that they feel in this current climate they want that positivity more than than any time before. That this is what they are paying for. That they want some good publicity and the WWE could bring it to them. So I think every element of this is going to be very much scrutinized uh, throughout this trip until they're. Uh, until they finish this show on Friday. Uh, We didn't talk about this uh, earlier in the week, but I wanted to get some of your thoughts. Last week, Impact made their time slot change. They moved to 10 p.m. on Pop TV, also moving it on the Fight Network in Canada, and on Game TV, which is another uh, broadcaster here in Canada. It's all owned by the same group. Uh, They also run Impact on Thursday nights. They're moving it to 11.30 p.m. on Thursday nights, uh, the pop TV number was way down, 98,000 viewers, uh, by far the lowest number they've ever done on the history of pop TV. It would be the lowest number for an episode of Impact, period, I would imagine. Um, Time changes are tough. I mean, you know, even if your show is hot, 
Um, I believe this one didn't really receive a whole lot of press and promotion beforehand. I think maybe we can look towards either this week or the next week as maybe a more of a a, a, a statement of, of, of exactly where the numbers are. But I mean, I, I do expect it to take a pretty big hit from where it was before, um, even when it quote unquote stabilizes. Yeah, it's it's just so low that, you know, the the mark everyone's looking at the drop was from was 189,000 viewers, which was still one of their lowest numbers ever on pop. Like this is like all of a sudden 189,000 viewers sounds like a really good number. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's just in a really bad spot at the moment on on pop and what you can do with let's say 150,000 viewers, which Maybe that's going to be difficult when you're starting at 10, you're going up against the end of Thursday night football. It's a weeknight of which you're asking people to stay up until midnight to watch. Um, I, I just think this this time slot's going to be extremely, extremely tough. Mm-hmm. On the lighter side way, we have two new digital series coming out from the WWE. Have you heard about these? I have not. Oh, get ready. Because it's going to change your double shot plans, I'm sure. First of all, we have... uh, I'm just going to read the description. Talking Snack finds host Kathy Kelly in the kitchen with past and present WWE superstars as they make tasty snacks and get candid about their careers, their lives outside the ring, and more. The series kicks off with a special spooky-themed episode featuring... You'll hear about him later. The Boogeyman. Oh, man. Oh. Gross. Um, I, I'm I sure. love food shows, okay? So I will watch at least one of these. I don't know. I'll probably skip the Boogeyman one, but I'll, I'll wait for a guest that maybe is more intriguing for me. But I love cooking shows, so I'm all ready for this. I, lo- I like cooking shows, too. I don't know if I want to see a worm cooking show. Um, you know, the other thing is I'm sure a lot of people were very excited when they initially read this headline. And then they further saw that. You know, it <laughs> Wait was, a minute, that's an end. It was not a typo. Uh, talking snack, I think, a very clever uh, pun if they have to do it. Um, why not? I mean, it, uh, Kathy Kelly. I don't know the extent of her interviewing abilities beyond I think what she, uh, what we we've seen her, uh, you know, um, do on TV, which is no indication, of course. I imagine more of a kind of a lighter, fluffy type of uh, you know interview, uh, but. I could be wrong. Maybe they could get some talent from the the 80s and they could do their spin-off Talking Crack. Wow. Just went there, eh? W- would you watch an episode of Talking Crack? Of, of course. <laughs> I watch it every week. Yeah, of course I would. Okay, and the other one. In Baron Corbin's Haunted World, the acting Raw General Manager visits creepy and supposedly haunted locations around the world, starting with the St. Augustine Lighthouse in Florida, where the ghosts of three little girls are said to walk the grounds. Not my thing. I mean, I know these haunted house shows might be somebody's, but you you put that out there with the combination of Baron Corbin, who I think is just the most anti-charismatic person um, imaginable. I I'm I don't think I'll be with it. This feels like a Halloween special you could do once. I don't know if this is a reoccurring digital series. Uh, yeah, I'm unless actually, he's a great host, it's very possible. You know, I'm actually quite surprised that they they're greenlighting all these um you know non wrestling shows, especially I think seeing how uh just in that the 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 latest conference call they talk about how you know consistently it is the in ring 
uh, um, product that seems to do the best numbers on the network. Oh, they, these are not on the network. These are going to be on YouTube and Facebook. They're not even trying to drive people. To, I'm sure they'll end up on the network, but they are making these free. Oh, interesting. Okay, so these are strictly for YouTube and Facebook, not – okay, interesting. They're not going to be network exclusives. I, I'd imagine they'll put them on the network. You know, I find it incredibly fascinating, and I think we'll talk about it further when we uh, when I talk about the Mixed Match Challenge, how it seems like the Facebook audience does not care that much about the in-ring. They care about, uh, as we'll talk about – Things like dancing, uh, things like chop fests, and potentially things like cooking and haunted house shows. So I think maybe it shows a bit of an experiment to see if that audience wants more from WWE, but not, but more from the personalities themselves and not so much in-ring. Whereas it seems like the network people just want the in-ring. And if you want to hear more about The Boogeyman, if you are a member of our Patreon, at postwrestlingcafe.com. Tonight on the Double Shot, Way and I are reviewing the Hardy's Halloween special from the Hardy Compound. House Hardy Halloween. House Hardy Halloween. Uh, so we're going to be chatting about that. Way has watched Total Divas, and I'm going to be reviewing... I've watched uh, most of, of it. I've watched most of it. No one's going to hold you to uh, the, the completion of Total Divas. Uh, and I'm also going to chat about a one of the UFC documentaries that they just put out on the very first season of the ultimate fighter. So I'm going to chat a bit about that. So that's coming up on the double shot. If you would like to sign up, we have that show up as well as several others coming up this week, including ask away. So are you ready to get into SmackDown? Let's do it. From the ATL. AJ came out with a special AJ styles, Atlanta t-shirt. Oh God. Sorry. That was my alarm. Sorry about that. No, I thought the, your alarm the, I thought you were having a fire or something like that. No, that's what I wake up to. Sorry about that. Oh, why is your alarm set for 11 p.m.? I actually set it for um, tomorrow because there's something I have to remember to do at midnight tomorrow. Um, oh, anyway. I see. Yeah. Well, AJ came out and he called out Daniel Bryan. He got a very good reaction here in Atlanta. Bryan comes out. And Styles apologized for last week. Brian says, I respect you as a man and an in-ring competitor, but I don't see a friend or respected colleague, only the WWE Championship. The title was the thing that kept him fighting to return, and Styles stood in his path. Styles then admits that the Pele kick last week, I did it on purpose. Brian said, well, I never lie, which is true. And he feels like hitting him on purpose. And he's going to defend the title. Styles says, tonight against you. And this prompts Shane McMahon out. He makes the match. And we are getting AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Crown Jewel comes early for mm. Atlanta. Yeah. It was really interesting seeing how they were promoting all this. Because they, like, even at the beginning of the show, they went ahead and showed the graphic. You know, in, in Bryan's promo, it was all this Friday, this Friday, this Friday. And then obviously, you know, with the full knowledge that they're going to do the match right now. Um, and I think all that was probably done to make you feel like you were getting something of uh, value, a pay-per-view quality match, but on free TV. Um, you know, you and I had wondered how they would do this because I think it was a really interesting case where all the rumors were out there that Brian was going to be off of the show. But from what you were telling me when, uh, through your contacts, nobody was saying anything about this. And we wondered how they would explain it. Yeah, and... Like, I don't know if it was a case of they were 
trying to make this work. Uh, Mike Johnson had a report on Tuesday that one of the ideas, which I think sounded awful, was that they were going to tape the match at the Performance Center to air during the event on Friday. Uh, I don't know how that would have worked out. I don't know how it would have either. Yeah. Like, the, we're going to cut away from this stadium to show, like, what, in, in an empty ring? Yeah. But even, you know, some of the... Or an some empty of, uh, venue. Even some of the other uh, ideas I might have heard batted around about them, like, just kind of taking Brian out during the show, I think would have been would have been met with a lot of, like, um, negative reaction. So I feel like this was a good solution to this problem. I think they... I think this worked out well. Atlanta got this match. Uh, you're still going to be putting a match on Friday. It's a... You know, it's a, it's a quality match, um, so I, I didn't really have... I, I thought this was handled better than the Cena one. I agree. I thought it satisfied at least the fans here. Obviously, the the it's disappointing for the fans in Saudi Arabia. Um, I think it's important to, to mention, like, this is not... Everything that's going on right now is not a protest against them. It's not a response against them. I believe... I mean, I don't want to speak for Daniel Bryan, but if I had to guess, it must be a response, obviously, to... The people that paid for this show and not necessarily the people there. So I'm disappointed for the actual fans in Saudi Arabia who don't get to see this match. Um, But I do think this was the best solution to this problem. The match began. They got into the shoving match in the corner. And then uh, Styles' shoulder is run into the turnbuckle. And Brian starts kicking at it. And Brian went for a suicide dive, landed on the floor, and starts grabbing his knee. And Corey Graves, number one analyst, asked... I bet he tweaked his knee on the suicide dive. Yes, I think he did. And Brian then came back later in the ring with yes kicks, but then AJ uses a dragon screw to the injured knee and starts kicking at the knee. He lifted Brian, drove it into the turnbuckle. At one point, uh, AJ went for his backflip into the inverted DDT, but Brian caught him with a, and applied a cravat and started delivering knees to the face. Styles then got knocked off the top during a springboard, and as Brian went for a belly-to-back from the top, it's reversed in midair. Uh, they go through a second commercial. This was a lengthy match. Styles suplexed Brian over the top to the floor, drove the knee into the announcer's desk, and then Brian responded, sending AJ into the steps. Brian went for his running drop kick into the corner, and he's hobbling as he's trying to do this. Uh, top rope Hurricane Ron is blocked on the first try by Brian, hits it on the second try, and then Styles. Uh, hits another dragon screw as Brian is delivering kicks, goes for the phenomenal forearm. It's turned into a double underhook suplex to a transition to an arm bar, then to the yes lock, and then to a triangle. And as he's got the triangle arm bar, AJ stands up, turns it into the Styles Clash, and then goes to the calf crusher onto the injured knee and forces Brian to tap. I, I love this match. I really enjoyed it a lot. It was a very good match, obviously, especially for TV. You know, I, I was watching and I kind of felt like it was just about to get into its next gear. Like, because it was, it was on TV, I'm kind of glad they didn't just completely, you know, give us like a WrestleMania or, or Wrestle Kingdom level type of match. I felt for TV, it was completely appropriate. It also felt like the... Did you sense that this was the end of the program? Or do you think that Brian will be involved in anything with the title beyond this? I mean, that's, I think that's a very interesting question to see how Daniel Bryan is treated beyond this. Um, It's going to be watched closely because no one is going to say it publicly, but I mean, I can very much see the Vince McMahon of old 
that could just simply say, well, how can we put the title on this guy? We can't depend on him. Yeah, he's not a team player. I I, I mean, I suppose that could be the criticism. Uh, yeah. But, you know, they might have never had those plans anyway. So I don't know if we can necessarily, you know, look at this as any type of evidence that he's being punished for uh, not appearing on the on the show. Do I think it's, he'll be, continue to be involved in the program? I mean, they can't go back to Joe again, I don't think. You know, from all accounts, it's I think like, Joe has to be a one and done on Friday. Yeah. And it sounded like the Miz was going to get the winner. Uh, I believe that's what he said last time, if I remember correctly. Um, so it could either be AJ versus Miz, or you can make it a three-way with Brian if you choose. Brian offers his hand, Styles shakes it, they hug, and then Samoa Joe appears, attacking AJ from behind. He applies the Coquina Clutch, Brian comes to his aid, and then Joe attacks his knee, and he applies the Coquina Clutch to Brian. So Joe stands tall, leaving Styles and Brian beaten. Yeah, so yeah, Samoa Joe comes out, and, uh... You know, he hadn't hadn't been on TV for a long time. Um, do you do you know the reason why he might have not been? Uh, I don't know 100%. Mm, okay. But, I mean, they I thought they found, um, like, in terms of, um, if you're going to replace Daniel Bryan, I think with somebody, I, I, I think Samoa Joe is a great, like, consolation. I'm curious how, like, I, I'm sure they were able to just, you know, race through whatever you need to but you know this is really short notice to get somebody onto this card to go to another country that they like joe was not scheduled to be on this show unless you figured that they were going to be doing this at the end but i really don't feel joe was where they were going here with the end of this i think that joe was i think joe's just a stopgap the replacement yeah i think so too you mean like like i'm just saying you're going to to another country like visas and stuff Sometimes you you need to, you know, have a a lot of stuff covered. Well, considering it's the government uh, helping to put on the show, I'm assuming it's that that wouldn't be that big of an issue. Um, anyway, uh, and he was there in April. So, yes. Yeah. I just, I just remember when, when I had to go work in a, a foreign country in Russia, like it was a significant amount of work you had to do ahead of time, like paperwork and tons of stuff just to uh, go through that. I mean, there's been issues in the past with WWE going to other countries where it's very Mm -hmm. tough to make these kinds of changes so late in the game, like they're leaving tomorrow. So this had to have been decided probably, you know, within the last day or two. Do you think um, it's, 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 it's really interesting, like, and almost kind of difficult to talk about, but like, um, you know, Brian is not going to the show. For what we would assume are reasons of protest against uh, being in the country, do you think it looks bad on somebody like a Samoa Joe who is essentially taking his place? I mean, I just want to throw that conversation out there in case like people are any, having any of those thoughts. Personally, Listen, I yeah, well, go ahead. Well, I don't hold it against any of the performers, honestly. Neither but. do I. I I'm not. I I don't fault the performers for doing their job. I I really don't. And I applaud the ones that have the ability to stand up and say they're not doing it. I really commend that because there's, you know, no matter how big of a star you are, there is, you know, a a concern about, you know, doing something like that. And it's not like it's a mass protest either. But uh, 
I, I definitely do not hold it against performers. Or he might not have any opinion on the matter as well. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything about Samojo's beliefs on the on the issue itself. But uh, I would say probably, you know, po- politically, he probably maybe doesn't even have as much power to be able to just say no. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy cut a promo stating that all artists are willing to suffer for their work. The risks he has taken have helped him create a more complete self-portrait, and he's going to illustrate the masterpiece of his life at the World Cup tournament. Um, I mean, it his was masterpiece. It's a Jeff Hardy style promo. Um, in I mean, I think he could he pulls it off fine. Maybe Itchweed is going to show up at the World Cup tournament. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with keeping that on that show and not seeing it anywhere else. Oh, that is like. To me, like there, there are levels of Jeff Hardy that I can, I can bear. Uh, since he's been on the WWE, I think I, I, my tolerance for Jeff Hardy has increased. It's not at each, each weed level yet. That's that'll take some time to get to. Yeah, but you're inching towards it. Uh, inching. Yeah, itching. You mean itching? Well, no, I, I meant inch, but I was playing off the word. Oh, yeah. The Miz cut a promo. Way's just looking at his clock, knowing how many, <laughs> how much longer he has to talk to me tonight, and it's a lot. The Miz cut a promo about being the best husband, the best father, the best reality star. He's also the best WWE superstar in the world, and he's going to have the trophy to prove it. So we have learned there there will be a trophy at the end of this way. Oh, well, they, is it going to be is it going to be the World Cup trophy? In the graphic, they've been showing what I think looks like a trophy. What happened to Bronze Trophy from the Greatest Royal Rumble? Maybe it's sitting in his. Base, uh, living room, bathroom, I don't know. Paige was in her office and Charlotte entered and Paige just raved about the match at Evolution. And she wants her to be the captain. First of all, like, it's it's kind of strange. Like, wouldn't you, uh, like, if you were just in a fight way and mm. you just lost your championship or your your opportunity at one and you're devastated, I don't know if I'd go up to you and say, that fight was great. In in that I context, destroyed in the end. Well, in that context, it, it it is weird. Like, why is Charlotte smiling about a match that she lost? But when you think about like like the UFC, guys react that way all the time. Like Stefan Bonner is probably quite proud of that of the loss to Forrest Griffin. I mean, Charlotte, in fairness, and this was on the broadcast. I mean, she was all smiles at the end of Evolution. She was out there. She seemed great. Um. Yeah. She was smiles, yeah. Maybe, maybe she, it took... Maybe she woke up the next day and realized, yeah. oh my God, I lost. Such a big stage. She wants Charlotte to be the captain of the SmackDown women's team at the Survivor Series, but Charlotte says she doesn't think that she's the right woman for the job. And Paige says, you once said, don't let success get to your head and don't let failure get to your heart. Some sage Paige advice to Charlotte. And she walked off. And she's going to think about it. I really like the follow-up with Charlotte here. You know, showing the mental repercussions of a defeat. Showing, you know, uh, self-doubt following a loss. Which is, I think, a story that is very relatable. Perhaps even more relatable than, you know, somebody coming off of a victory. Like, I don't feel like I I, I hear enough the stories of the people that lose. So I look forward to seeing them tell it with Charlotte. All throughout the night, it was the, the 
the wording they are using for Crown Jewel is it is the global pay-per-view event known as Crown Jewel. It's a mouthful. Yeah, right. well, we're, we're going to hear it a lot on Friday. The New Day was set to come out, and their entrance turned into the Brood's entrance. Out came Big E as Gangrel, Kofi Christian, and Edge Avier Woods. Edge Avier. Uh, on his birthday. On Edge's birthday. Wow. Wow. He must have loved Guess it. Guess how old he is today. 46. 45. Close. Oh, wow. Uh, this was so awesome. I mean, I, I love this. I, I love the Brood's. The, the Brood's theme was one of my all-time favorites. I thought it was such, not just like the choreography of the entrance, the actual song. Oh, I yeah. Loved. It's an all-timer. Absolutely. Um, was it Ice-T who did like the rap version of it? Oh, I don't remember. On on the Aggression yeah. album? Ice-T. Yeah, th- this was a, with all due respect to, uh, uh, what's his name? Hustle and Flow. Hustle, Russell and Flow. Russell and Flow. Russell and Flow. Yeah, he's really yeah, good. Yeah, the, brood, the Brood's theme. Doesn't need lyrics. Uh, that's true. Let me see who did did it. Cause uh, gang girl. Uh, no, it was C murder. Uh, <laughs> Masterpiece brother. Wow. Okay, excellent. Uh, so yeah, no, this was great. This was great. I loved it. I wonder this how many awesome. of, the, of the live fans got it. What do you think? It, it sounds like such a silly question, but you're right. Like that entrance hasn't been used since 1999. Mm. Like a lot of these fans in the crowd probably weren't even born then. But I, I mean, if we're talking attitude era, like that brood entrance is like a, definitely a visual that I think stands out from that period. It's the kind of entrance that I miss today. It doesn't seem like you have like that group debuting and having that entrance. It's like they were already over just because the entrance was so damn cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they di- they didn't use the fire though. They just no, they did have the fire in- instead of actual flames. They had guys. Dressed in black uh, spandex, lying on the ground, holding little flashlights or like, uh, you know, like the airplane, air, like the, what do you call those? Like, you know, the airplane guiding yeah. things as f- flames. It was awesome. I I have stood next, like right at the edge where uh, they would have that entrance as the brood. And I can't tell you how hot it was to be next to those flames. I don't know how those guys did it coming up. Like it was so damn hot. And I was a good 10 feet away from it and felt like I was like, it was right on top of me. Wow. So we had the trick or street fight with Cesaro and big E and the match, just a a collection of, you know, what was Seamus dressed up as? Oh, Corey Graves had the name. Of uh, okay, some some ghost, call. yeah, some ghost. He looked frightening. Yeah, he should keep this look. Wasn't a bad look. The ring was full of pumpkins. Everyone got into the ring fighting, including Big Show, who sent Kingston and Woods to the floor. Cesaro dumped Big E onto a bunch of pumpkins for a two count, and then Sheamus hit Big E with a running knee. E then sent Sheamus through a table into the corner. Kofi was caught on the floor by Show. Woods joined in, and then they. Sprayed the the red blood, the red mist into Big Show's face. They in can't the ring. they can't say blood, so th- I believe they said this unknown liquid. I believe is that what they called it. I, I thought they said so. mist, <laughs> unknown yeah. liquid. Yes, it's the global liquid known as or, mist, but, <laughs> or mysterious liquid. Could, that could have been what they said. 
Uh, Big E blocked the neutralizer. He sent the uh, the unknown liquid into Cesaro's face and hit the big ending to pin Cesaro at three minutes and 58 seconds. And after seeing this, Edge really enjoyed this. Oh, oh, awesome. I thought this was a really fun street fight. You know, um, the costumes look great. I thought the blood spots worked really well. And I think in ring, like Cesaro and Big E are, are tremendous. Um, I'll say like, I didn't realize I've never seen a man like take a suplex onto a pat, a pumpkin patch, like a set of jack-o'-lanterns. Those things don't look like soft landings at all. Oh, especially if you were to have hit like the stem on top. That's gotta suck. I might, I might take a pile of chairs over a pile of pumpkins. Shane McMahon was in his office with all four members of the SmackDown side of the World Cup tournament with Miz, Hardy, Orton, and Mysterio. Mysterio, who made it to SmackDown, I guess he was only on the cruise for a couple of days. Yeah, you were asking today how one might leave a boat in the middle of the ocean to get to Atlanta. Well, I mean, they must have docked somewhere. Um, right. Or he, just, or he just got airlifted. Or, yeah, yeah. I, I've never been on a cruise. I really don't know the, uh, the, the ins and outs of, the, uh, of what you can and cannot do on a cruise. Uh, I've been on a cruise, yeah. Um, do, you, do you dock for the day or for a time? Like, people get off? And yeah, depending you're not on, on the... You're not on the boat the entire time. Yeah, no. You, you, depending on the location, you might stop for, for a bit and then, like, let, let the people get out and travel and then you meet back on. So, assuming that maybe that's what he did. Yeah. Uh, and thank God he was on this show. Uh, so Mysterio says Orton does strike fear in everyone, but he's here to keep hope alive for anyone that has under been underestimated. Orton responded that he will show how vicious he can be and will beat him at the world cup and prove Ray never should have returned all just, you know, casual dialogue among friends. It was strange how, like it felt really forced how they were all standing in like a half circle and then each one took their turn cutting their 30-second promo, basically. Could you imagine going to a backstage segment like this with five people, and they're just standing around like normal people do? It would be so jarring to a viewer because of how they just have people like in formation that if you were to actually have just, you know, a guy sitting, a guy's like on his phone, one guy's back is towards us. It would yeah. just be so you'd be throwing the at the naturalness of it all. It's kind of awkward, yeah. Hardy says that Orton has a right to be cocky, but Miz doesn't. And then Miz mocks Jeff Hardy and his redemption story and that he's going to crash and burn. And he said, I guess Halloween's come early. Ray is a power ranger. Hardy is a member of the insane clown posse. And he looks at Orton and says, He's cool. <laughs> Funny. Shane then adds in the line that if any of them lose in the finals to a Raw superstar, they will no longer have a home on SmackDown Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I would probably either try to lose. or <laughs> well, uh... Corey Graves brought that point up. This is like the Feast or Fired match in TNA, where why would you go for any of the briefcases? Just don't go for any of them. Is it really worth it? Kind of, yeah. I um, mean, unless maybe maybe they want to go to Raw. Well, that's gonna what, throw the match. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, would Did you, you see any of these four going to Raw? Oh yeah, I, I do. Th I, I don't think they would announce a stipulation like this unless they were planning to follow up with it. 
Um, and I see this, this more just as a way to get one of these four onto Raw. So I'm trying to think who it could be. You know, is Raw, obviously, I think with the loss of Roman Reigns, perhaps... I, I think so, too, that they need someone to replace, or at least to supplement the, the star power on Raw. Mm-hmm. So who do you see? Well, I would say that you kind of have your heel unit at the moment with uh, Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose. On the babyface side, you have you have Rollins and I guess Braun. Um, so I maybe, guess... Maybe you, Elias. And Elias, of course. So I could see them wanting to move a babyface, whether it be Ray or Jeff. I think Raw, uh, frankly, needs it. I think Jeff would be a, a good shot in the arm. Ray, obviously, would be tremendous as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could I, like that's how I took this segment was, you know, with, with Roman gone, they're going to pluck someone from SmackDown. Or do you think they might bring Orton over as a babyface? Because I saw plenty of RKOs tonight. I... I don't think Orton would work as a babyface now. He's really honed in on this character, and I don't see him as a heel being the dominant heel on Raw. So I would see him as maybe the... Although on SmackDown, I mean, like, he's been good on SmackDown, but I don't know if SmackDown needs him even as a heel. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I really don't see Orton as being at that level anymore, that they look at him as the person that they're going to build a lot around that I could see them making an argument for a Ray or a Jeff, even a Miz. Like I would, I would much more likely see it. Yeah. I don't even like Miz going over. I think it comes down to Ray or Jeff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm leaning towards Jeff because you got to remember that they, they're looking at this as well as house shows and house shows were way down this quarter. And now you're taking Roman off the raw house shows Mm -hmm. who is going to be, a live event attraction. You have Ray, who granted doesn't isn't doing a complete full time schedule. Um, Ray might be the one that even limited. He is an attraction that you can put on your live events uh, with with Roman gone. Sure. They aired some mixed match challenge promos uh, with Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. Jinder Mahal is back to being uh, peace wins over war and Ember Moon and Braun Strowman. So stay tuned. Way will take us through. The MMC. Page was with Styles. He said he wants Joe. Page said, okay, and ended it by stating, once a pit bull, always a pit bull. <laughs> AJ's uh, old moniker. Yeah. What Do pit bulls often um, challenge? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shinsuke Nakamura took on R-Truth. This was supposed to be a match with Ty Dillinger, but Ty broke his hand, and apparently he's got to go through surgery for this. Wait a so, second, he actually broke his hand? Because wasn't that the, the last angle with Orton? Smashing his hand? Or his finger? Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Right. Interesting. Apparently he injured it on, on Monday, on the house show, in Macon. Well, I mean, again, like, I thought it was interesting when Orton was working on Ty Dillinger's fingers, because he's the guy who, who whose whole gimmick depends on his fingers and his hand. And I guess, you know, it was art imitating or life imitating art. Mm-hmm. So, so he's got to figure out a new gimmick. Yeah, he can only be the perfect five for a couple months. Yeah. Wow. Sad. Nakamura, R-Truth. Uh, Nakamura went to the floor, allowing Truth and Carmella to do a dance break, which set up the commercial break. We also got the rare live plug for the Mixed Match Challenge by Tom Phillips during this match. Truth was sent onto the buckle, took a knee to the ribs. Nakamura kneed him in the back of the head and then hit a Kinshasa with 
Truth standing up. Did you notice this? As opposed to hit the as opposed oh, to it's usually the guy's on his knees and then he takes it. Mm. Truth was like fully standing up. So anyway, he pinned our truth. Uh, not much of a match. I, I, you know, crowd wasn't all that into it. I didn't think it was all that bad though. I think I'm still quite surprised at like how um, I don't know how how relevant Truth seems in 2018. Like he he came out here as I think one of the more popular baby faces uh, on this program. So who's more relevant on SmackDown right now between these two? I mean, that's a great question. I have to say truth if you're looking at this month. I feel like I, you know, uh, I've, I've seen him do the truth TV thing with the dance breaks. That's still very over. Nakam- Nakamura, like this whole Nakamura thing with this U.S. title run really hasn't received much push on TV. I can't, I can't recall like the last time he even cut a promo. So after this, he's not booked on, on Crown Jewel. Um, I wonder what program they have for him. He's just floundering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. It just seems like he's just a guy, and this title means nothing. Becky Lynch came out, got a big reaction. She just said, I won. It's a big chant for her. Her new thing is calling herself the man. And then a couple people chanted, we want Ronda. So she cut a promo on Ronda, stating that she likes to call herself the baddest woman on the planet. On what planet? <laughs> She says she's traveled the world to smash people like Rhonda, and she didn't come here to cosplay or promote a reality show. She's just going to rip her arm off. It was short, sweet, a good promo. I really enjoyed this, yeah. Um, and I felt a very babyface promo that uh, I thought showcased, you know, Becky's new confidence. I mean, think about like a wrestler threatening to rip Rhonda Rousey's arm off could sound very laughable, you know, if. <laughs> If it was um, anybody one else doing this. But I think because Becky delivered her promo with so much confidence and because she has so much of the crowd right now, I'm able to suspend my disbelief to think that she might actually be on equal footing with Ronda Rousey. Um, it reminds me a whole lot of like Steve Austin, you know, versus Tyson, where I know in a real fight, Tyson will knock the shit out of Steve Austin. But because this is pro wrestling. I'm able to suspend my disbelief to see these two as, you know, guys who might have an equal chance against each other in a fight. And I think, you know, while I'm still not really for the idea of doing the match right now, I, I do feel like the build will be quite entertaining, especially with this Becky. Does that make Edmund Don King? Uh, yeah, I suppose if he's still around. Yeah. Becky is the top star now on SmackDown. I feel, mm-hmm. I think she's above AJ. I think she's above Daniel Bryan. How do you define top star? Uh, the most over the mo- the like the big like it feels like her her segment is the most anticipated of the show. I think the audience treats her like the biggest star on the show. She gets the biggest reaction on the show. Yeah, like, I, I feel I I feel she is whether she's you know slotted as number one or number two. I feel she is the most over performer on SmackDown at the moment. She's certainly my favorite. Yeah. The Boston Red Sox, who cares about the World Series? They're getting a WWE replica title in the mail. Awesome. Exciting. Samoa Joe cut a promo. He mentioned that AJ's kids thought they could go back to sleep without the nightmares of Uncle Joe, Wendy checking the locks. Well, Joe is going to pen the final chapter 
where he stands over AJ's lifeless body, raises the title, and he just stares into the camera and says, The end. I mean, when you're given the task of, I think, uh, promoting a championship match with four days' notice, I think you can count on somebody like Samoa Joe. I mean, this was, it just kind of felt like a, the same type of promo we've been seeing from him for a while. It was good, chilling. Yeah. And, I mean, do you see any, given this, this change, do you see them just reversing anything? Uh, is there any chance of putting a, the title on Joe and just going a different direction? And, have you run have you run the gamut with AJ yet? Um I don't Oh, that's a, I mean, yeah, like it's interesting I mean, you know, the Miz uh, is still somebody who stands in there. If Orton sticks around, I think you could still do AJ versus Orton. So, you know, um I can't see them putting the belt on Joe, not with such short notice. Cuz then what do you do? Joe versus AJ again? Well, you have the Survivor series. So you're probably getting the winner of this against the Universal Champion. That's right, actually. Yes, I forget. So who would that be? Braun versus... I mean, I think it has to be Braun versus AJ versus instead of Braun versus Joe. Yeah, yeah. I would guess that that's where they're going. Though, I mean, who knows what the mindset is of the company at the moment. With, with Roman gone, do they try and make an offer to, to Brock? Just feeling, hey, we need we need everybody at the moment. Um, name your price. They've done that in the past. Um, I'm not expecting it, but I'm not resigned to the fact that it's impossible that Lesnar ends up just getting a ridiculous offer he can't turn down. So who do we get at Survivor Series? As the match? Yeah. If Brock sticks around. Oh, if Brock sticks around. Well, you just did Brock and AJ last year, mm-hmm. and it was a really good match. I wouldn't say it was so great that I need to see it again. Mm. Um, Brock and Strowman feels, or sorry, Brock and Joe. Uh, that's I think people would somewhat be into that, though. It's a weird dynamic with the the dual heels uh, representing their brands. I mean, you can. It's such a weird show, uh, the Survivor Series yeah. uh, to do. I, I'm assuming we're getting Braun. And AJ. I think that's probably the safe bet. Yeah, and it's a tough one to call for that one, too, because, I mean, AJ already lost last year to to, to Brock. I, I would assume that he would probably lose to Braun as well, and that would just be rather unfortunate, I think. Yeah, because especially with Braun as your babyface champion, you want him to get off to as hot a start as possible because he is the temporary replacement for Roman if he's winning this title on Friday. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just not a fan of it. It's like none of these matches are that compelling to me. And it just seems that it's whatever AJ's doing, he's pretty much got to take a break from. It's like all the programs are on hold. It's exactly what you stated prior. And then our main event was The Miz and Randy Orton against Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy. This is where Graves brought up that he'd just lie down in the first match, save his job. (laughs) They had the advantage on Jeff, Orton stomping him, and then Hardy hit the whisper in the wind. Mysterio and Miz got tagged in. Miz hit him with a back and neck breaker. And then Mysterio got off his back, uh, sorry, jumped off the back of Jeff Hardy into a Hurricane Rana, sending Miz into the corner. And then they hit the poetry in motion. So I think Ray and Jeff Hardy edging out Trish and Lita. Yeah, I think so. Just a bit. Miz goes onto the ropes, is hit with the 619, falls onto his back, and 
Hardy hits the Swanton, winning the match in eight and a half minutes. And Randy comes in, RKO to Jeff. Ray does a springboard into an RKO. And then he hits Miz with an RKO. So Randy stands tall at the end of SmackDown. That springboard into the RKO looked amazing. Just... On that guy's knees, I'm just thinking. Well, like, oh, my God. On Ray's knees? It lo- looked mean? spectacular. On Ray's knees, yeah. I mean, he certainly didn't look injured at all in this match, man. Like, the guy moves incredibly, you know? I, I know, dude. I'm just say- stating, like, let's not let's not push our luck here. Yeah. Like he... I feel they're bound and determined. Like, they're... They're sending Ray on the road. He's off to Saudi Arabia. He's going to the UK. But, like, Ray Ray compared to to the other three here is just, like, he looks so much better than everybody else. Like, I I wonder if he looks better now than when he left because I don't know what he's been doing in his off time. Probably, you know, recovering. Not wrestling every week. That's what he's been doing. Not wrestling every week. The guy's going so fast. Like, he's even, like, you know, injecting, like, new offense into his repertoire. Uh, he, he looks incredible right now. He credits, uh, stem cell, uh, surgery that he got for his knees. What? Wow. I didn't know. I didn't know it got, it got to that level. Okay. Oh yeah. That yeah. Explains he, it. he says that the, they, they were like a miracle worker for wow. him. So, so, so you have nothing to worry about, John. Come on. Stem cells for on those knees. Man's going to wrestle forever. Yeah. Yeah. So that was SmackDown. Uh, I, I didn't really get much from the main event it just seemed like a you know it's really brief tag yeah like it's it's kind of an odd show in that like the main events aren't necessarily the ones being focused on most of the attention has been put on this world cup tournament featuring a, a you know a bunch of like very talented people but like i think on, on the on the grand in the grand scheme of things they're just really mid carters um i and i feel like i would have like ended the show with the title match instead um, but I'm not, you know, who knows what the thinking is behind all that. I guess you do need the time to like announce a Samoa Joe AJ match. Right. So, um, that was a great match. Uh, I did enjoy, uh, parts of, I think the, uh, the main event, uh, with the, fin- um, the RKO stuff. Uh, Becky promo is good. Can you think of anything yeah. else? I the really, brood. I I really enjoyed the the title match a lot. I thought it, I thought it was one of Brian's best matches since coming back. Yeah, I agree. All right, we go to the Mixed Match Challenge up next. Take us through. What week is this, John? Are you keeping track? Oh, it feels like the 30th, but um, I think they started, what, the end of September? It's been about a month, maybe a little more. Mahalisha takes on Monster Eclipse. That's Jinder and Alicia Fox and uh, versus Ember Moon and Braun Strowman. You know, I find Alicia Fox actually quite entertaining on this show. I think she's a good fit here. She... Uh, she has all the personality of the team. She's volunteering Jinder to take Braun down. So Alicia and Ember, um, they wrestle and then uh, they do a rope running spot where Alicia ducks a bunch of clotheslines. Ember stops moving, yet Alicia still keeps going back and forth. Uh, she stops, sips some water because she's gassed, and then she's met with a brutal strike from Ember Moon. The whole match is about Jinder not wanting Ember to tag Braun in. So uh, there's a moment where Alicia is thrown to the outside and Ember is about to go and tag Braun. So Jinder runs in to grab her, but Ember ultimately makes it. And then we get a beat down from Braun Strowman onto Jinder Mahal. Braun is about to finish the match, but Alicia comes into the ring with her captain's hat. Uh, She stands up to Braun. Braun takes Alicia's hat, puts it on as Ember Moon takes Alicia out with the Eclipse. 
So Braun, putting on Alicia's captain's hat, power slams Jinder for the win. It was a rather... Maybe he, maybe he wishes he was on the cruise. Uh, I, uh, this week, maybe. Yeah. I thought it was a fun match. You know, it was a more of a straightforward wrestling match without, I think, a lot of the kookiness that we'll uh, see in the late in the next match. Um, but as a match itself, I thought it was fun. You know, Alicia, I would say for what she lacks as a wrestler, she certainly um, makes up for it in terms of her weird, like wild, like sloppy energy. So um, she's a good fit for this weird tone of this show. That's just more about, I think, uh, you know, being doing interesting things in the ring than wrestling itself. Up next, we have Phenomenal Flair, AJ Styles and Charlotte Flair, taking on Ravishing Rusev Day. So Rusev Day walk out, and they see a Ravishing Rusev Day sign. So they grab it, and they bring it into the ring. Meanwhile, Charlotte and AJ say that, hey, we have a sign too. So they go back to the crowd. They grab the Phenomenal Flair sign, and they have a sign-off. A sign-off? I'm sure you're regretting not watching. I am. In the back... Lana has been practicing her chops, so uh, this, they, they've done some building up to this, and they call for it here. All four pre- people stand in the ring, and they call for a chop-off. So Lana and Charlotte exchange chops first, and then it's Rusev and AJ. And this goes on for a long time, where it's just all of them exchanging chops to, to each other. Um, eventually, like... Um, Rusev takes a shirt off so that Charlotte can chop him. And the most amazing thing is, like as many people know on Facebook Watch, you get to see the number of people that are watching in the corner. Um, right. The numbers keep going up during this chop-off. Like they went wow. from the 50s for the last match, uh, peaking up to like 72K uh, just for this chop-off. Oh my God, they're almost at impact territory. On Facebook, yeah. Like it was... It's so fascinating to study this and, you know, knowing, seeing how like audiences have reacted to things like this and the dance off, uh, you, you definitely can see them making an effort, thinking of interesting ideas to try to attract that Facebook audience by doing things like this. So now when the match actually begins, um, you know, Charlotte does a bit of dancing, a bit of twerking, uh, spin a Rooney. Uh, however, this is time, she over the loss now. Is she ready to captain the women's team? I would say uh, in this match, yeah, it's a you know with Charlotte, it's been especially interesting because like the Becky feud has been on SmackDown. Uh, you've seen such an emotional Charlotte, yet when she appears on the mixed match challenge and AJ too, you know, on this episode, they're just like all smiles basically. Um, what's also interesting though, when they stop all the silliness and they actually get to wrestling, the numbers fall. So. We're down to 66K now when they actually start wrestling. AJ and Rusev come in. We see an Ushigoroshi, 60K. Whoa. Rusev avoids the phenomenal forearm. Um, bunch more actual wrestling, 57K. Eventually, Lana comes in, takes AJ out with a Russian leg, leg sweep. Yes, I did say that correctly. Um, she's met with a big boot from Charlotte for two. Charlotte delivers a moonsault, but Rusev gets in the way, so he's taken up with the moonsault. Charlotte hits the figure eight to Lana, and at this point, uh, she wins the match with about 60k watching. So this match certainly peaked with the uh, chop-off and a bit of the dancing. So I find it incredibly fascinating how your, it seems like your Facebook fan really doesn't care all that much about the in-ring action. Wow, the fans watched the chop-off, and then they decided to engage in a drop-off. 
That's right. Thank you. Hey, we, we uh, let's let's stay in Facebook. Why don't we? Yes, everyone is ready. Are we going to the contest now? Let's go to the contest first, and then yes. we'll go to your feedback. We'll end with feedback. All right. So we have one final book from ECW Press to give away: "Creating the Mania" by John Robinson. And the contest, we asked you to send us your wrestling-themed Halloween costumes to Facebook.com/slash. Post wrestling, and as always, our listeners come through with some gems. So, um, wait, I, I'm sorry, I don't even know where to find these photos. Like, I'm so lost with the with the new Facebook. I meant to make my Michael Cole video to send you. Are you on the Facebook page? I am. Yeah, Facebook.com/slash/post wrestling. On the left column, click on posts. Okay. And then on the right column, uh, visitor posts. God, wow! Like you figure it'd be all under photos, but okay. Well, that's why uh, that's why Facebook, uh, as Hulk Hogan would say, that's why this company is in the damn shape it's in because of bullshit like this. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's go through this. Okay, so are you staring at the three faces of Foley? I am. Is this? Oh, okay. this is all the same guy. Wow. Yes, this was really creative from Derek Hildebrand, who dressed up as Mankind, Cactus Jack, and Dude Love, and is on a couch. That he has uh, put together, I like some effort went into this. He stitched I mean, together a photo with him as all three people sitting on the same couch. Yes, yes, he's it's it looks pretty good. It I think looks... the two, I think the two fur the two uh, the right hand and left hand they go really well. It's just the brightness of the couch in the middle. I think that makes it cooler. The fact that you know that it's not like it you're was right. If it if it looked too good, we may not realize it. So, oh, a great he, start from Derek Hildebrand. He's even got a can of Chef Boyardee with Mick Foley. Oh, that's great. Nice that's touch. really clever for nice touch. Mick Foley's little product uh, integration here well, in I 1999. Can, I can confidently say our front runner right now, Derek Hildebrand. Okay. Our next one is Alfredo Dizon, who dressed up as Broken Matt Hardy. And he looks like he's in a bit of a windstorm here. It looks very windy. Perfect for the robe. Wow. This looks amazing. Like maybe this robe is like, I mean, I, I don't know how familiar with, with you are with the, with the uh, concept of cosplay, John, like as it relates to like anime and comic books and whatnot at these conventions. All, is it popular? It's very popular and a lot of work goes into these costumes. I bet. You can't just buy this. He must have made this. People like learn how to stitch or they get people to like uh, sew. They look for specific fabrics and put it all together themselves. And I don't know if that's what he, uh, Alfredo Dizon here, did here, but uh, he managed to acquire a beautiful Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy-like robe, complete with buckles, a wig too with a, a patch of white on his head. Um, really well done. Really well done. Well, you guys better put a sleeve on this because these folks are bringing the heat. Up next is Brock Nichols, who dressed up as a young buck. Yeah, um, I like it. I uh, Zubaz, uh, really on point. Um, you know, little frills on the on the boots and the fanny pack. Uh, well done. I mean, the bucks I have to say aren't necessarily. You know, they're a great cosplay, but it's not, to me, like a Matt Hardy or even like a Mick Foley where they look like uh, kind of like crazy, uh, you know, uh, out of this world characters. 
you can get away with a Young Bucks t-shirt, basically, if you want to look like the Young Bucks. Man, so way just uh, totally annihilating poor Brock. But we thank you for your end. But, you know, the bar is high, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, from what we've started here. So, I mean, the, the front runners are d- d- making the rules for us. Jeremy Samples, a loyal listener. Uh, this is our winner. He is L Postal Worker. My entry into the Halloween costume contest. And he's wearing a, he's got a, a mask with a post wrestling t shirt along with his post wrestling uh, package in the mail with the stickers on them. So, I mean, clearly trying to just go for our, uh, just going for our heartstrings here. I know. But, um, well, hey, I listen, if this guy went out for Halloween representing us, I mean, that that's some points for a category. I would definitely take a photo with this man, Jeremy Samples. Uh, a lot of you have actually uh, asked me about um, the, the merchandise store. It's been in soft launch over the past uh, month just for patrons, but it'll be released to the public uh, come November. So pretty much in a few days. I would say uh, maybe we'll officially do it like Monday, you know, just to kind of like let the weekend settle and then we'll just like announce everything else then. But uh, yeah, yeah. So So it's coming, t-shirts and all that. I've heard some rumors about a lot of announcements coming people's way. I think in the next few days. No, I don't think you're you're wrong. Jeremy R- Ruvalcaba. Jerry is. Dr- oh, sorry, Jerry. What did I say? Uh, anyway, Jerry is dressed as as the demon Finn Balor. Really nice paint job. I mean, I've seen I, I've seen quite a few like you know co- uh, Finn Balor cosplays, but this one's really well done. Like. Extra points for the fact he clearly has a beard, and that seems like a bitch to get paint off of. Mm-hmm. I'm almost disappointed I, didn't, I don't get to see the rest of the outfit because, like, he's got the headdress and, and the leather jacket and everything. Yeah, we, we need, like, a portrait uh, shot here. We need the whole, like, I want to see, like, his hair, the, like, does he have, like, it looks like he's got the whole, like, headgear as well for him. So I just wish we could have uh, zoomed out a little. But I mean the paint job, like you can see some of the detail of it. It's it's done really well. This must have been fun for these people. No wonder people dress up for Halloween. Okay, this group, this is the group you want to go get your photo with oh, on God. Halloween. Andy Long, dressed as Rusev with Aiden English and Lana. This is awesome. I think these three are great. This is like this guy. Is Rusev. This is a great. He's Rusev. got the tattoo on his arm. Yeah. He looks like he's freezing if he goes out in this. And the Aiden English is like a, a a small little addition, but really makes this this uh, the, the ensemble. <laughs> I didn't even completely click that 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 was Aiden, but yeah, that's that is perfect. The Rusev. I mean, Rusev. The, the outfit really is just you know tights and, and a t shirt, but it's more so the man's expression. Oh, but, it's the, the the facial expression. I mean, yeah. this guy, this is a method actor. Although I have to say, uh, your Lana here, uh, Andy Long, Carrie, she looks way more like a Charlotte than a Lana. Don't you think? Uh, I can see that, I guess. Um, I think you look, you know who she's supposed to be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, if she decided to put on like a, a Charlotte uh, gown, I, I mean, I think we have another... Uh, entrant to this contest, another front runner. Now I'm not sure if we have a time limit on submissions, but we have Zach, who submitted him dressed as the Ultimate Warrior, that he says 
is from around 95, 96. No time. Back when it, it, his title is the WWF title. I don't think there's a time limit. We never said that. Okay. So. All right. Um, you know, for 95, uh, for a, five, a six-year-old, five-year-old, pretty great. Muscles? I mean, look, if it, look at that. I mean, if it is 95... I mean, Warrior's kind of on a sabbatical. So, I mean, he's not even that relevant in 95. If it's 96 Halloween, he's left the WWF. He walked out after international incident. So, I, is it the most timely Ultimate Warrior year? Well, he certainly wasn't champion in 95, 96. No. So, um, just the, the fact-checking here. <laughs> I, I will say, like, I mean, I would say somewhat accurate, though, is that he, uh, instead of obviously, you know, bearing chest uh, himself and showing off the muscles, uh, he's wearing a suit with muscles filled into the suit, much like the Ultimate Warrior did at one time. That's true. Uh, points for the tassels on the boots. Yes. That Adorable. could have been an overlooked element of the of the uh, outfit that he opted to include. Very cute. I don't think he's winning, though. Next, we have... The Identity Crisis, oh, the man yes. whose uh, wonderful theme you hear every week at the beginning of Rewind to SmackDown. Hey, he's also got a brand new uh, video where he uh, uh, reps our, our uh, post-wrestling t-shirt, so uh, do check him out um, at the IDC. So I don't know if this was a concern in his depiction, but he included the Iron Sheik to make sure we knew who he was dressed as. <laughs> and this was during the... Uh, the brief time when the Iron Sheik went and won a UFC championship. Well, come on. You make do with what you have. Nonetheless, it's good. Like, it's convincing. Like, if you saw him... Like, what I do like about it is that the man... Like, uh, Paul here, his name, he was very resourceful. And instead of, like, going out and actually buying, you know, uh, something to create a, a headdress, it looks like he just found, like a towel um, in his bathroom with a headband around his head, and then a Sharpie for, to draw a mustache on his face. And it now works. below, he had a double submission here where he dressed up as Hulk Hogan in 2015, which, oh, going over is... the man's controversies, I don't know if the fall of 2015 was the year you want to be going out as Hulk Hogan <laughs> wow. after he had just been uh, fired. But uh, this was our other submission from Paul. I think this is the much better entrant, personally. You like Hogan over Sheik? I um, like the Sheik. As a costume. I mean, I think uh, it looks like he put in a bit more effort to the Hogan one, because I think he might have actually dyed his... Paul, uh, for people who don't know, is, is is Asian. It looked like he might have actually dyed his mustache blonde <laughs> well, that's right. for this. If you've seen the newer promo photos of Hulk Hogan, he pretty much does what Paul does now, where he like colors his beard on. It colors it on. If you've seen photos of him, like it looks like he's just taking a sharpie to his face. Oh, like you mean like the the black, like the the yes. rest, the stubble. Yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, I like it. I like it. I don't think it beats our, some of our best though. Next up, Simon Lamb. We have a tag team combination with Kane and Mankind from 2013. Uh, really professionally done costumes. Like these look like they were either custom made or, or I, I guess they could have bought them here. Uh, could repping you? My, I, I don't know if you can buy a cane costume. I'm, I would think you can. In 2013, I mean, that's got to be tough. I, that's why I think it could. there's a possibility 
it could be handmade. Okay, I, I I'm I'm willing to bet that it's handmade, especially that championship belt. Uh, I'm doing a I'm doing a bit of Facebook stalking on Simon right now. Okay, I happen to find fa- uh, just find his wedding photo. <laughs> go into Simon Simon's. It, is this profile. the wedding photo? No, it's not. But go go into the go into uh, Simon's Facebook profile. Okay, let's we're see. stalking somebody right now on it's TV. Like, oh shit! What are they doing? Okay, now in the photo section on the on the bottom like left corner or like the oh, left hand side, you see yes. the photo next to the Kane and Mankind photo. This is the wedding photo. Oh man, here's Simon and his uh, lovely bride coming out. He is the world champion. She's the intercontinental champion. And during their their wedding reception, wearing the championship belt, wonderful, wonderful. This is true love right here, and beautiful costumes. Really, really. Well, well congratulations, you two. Uh, December of two thousand twelve. I like really good. I mean, this is is this his wife that is in the uh, as as mankind? I would assume. I, I I would assume, yeah. But okay, I think these are wonderful costumes. Um, both of them. Do you think it it I, okay, it's uh, it's up there for me. It's up there for me. How about you? Also, also repping my high school uniform tie. Is that a Bray Buff tie? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, next up is Ben Doolittle. God. These are awesome. The Road Warriors. This dude looks like he could be the uh, the the son of Michael Hegstrand on the left. He really and, does. If he shaved his head, especially like into the like, reverse. What wow. really adds to it is that these two look like they're they're fairly jacked. Yeah. They really uh, make it. Uh, they look like mini road warriors. And See, th- where where do you get these spike pads from? They must. Like, have... I guess. Well, I guess it's just like they have their football uh, shoulder pads, but to, I mean, go the extra mile to put the spikes on them. I think th- these look really good. God, that is so cool. I they got it. the tights here with the names stitched onto them. They've got boots. Wow. Like, these are really well done outfits. These are, I, I think these are uh, like upper tier, like when we get down to the finalists. I'm hoping that they went to a really good party that evening because uh, I hope the, this this wasn't wasted. This is a beautiful set of costumes. Yeah. Man. This is Next, tough, tough competition. I know. This is like our listeners don't screw around when it comes to a contest. Okay. Next is from Shane Ponce McDonough. This was Christian and me as Sting and. And Kevin Owens, respectively. What a duo. Imagine Sting and Kevin Owens hanging out on Halloween. Uh, So we have uh, Shane here. Yeah, Shane is Sting, and Christian is Kevin Owens. Really? uh, 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 Shane and Christian, really great uh, paint job with with the Sting. I think it's it's quite accurate. Uh, Black baseball bat, even. Is that? Yeah. NXT shirt, though. I was going to say, this was Sting's... uh, development he had to go through nxt first yeah i mean i can understand like not having a black trench coat or you know black uh whatever tank top or even a sting shirt nxt shirt may be a bit of a bit bit of a too much of a suspension of disbelief um shane's uh painted on beard i would say maybe just as good as probably the real life hulk hogan's right now (laughs) it looks like a real beard yeah um, very good, but I would say like in, in, in amongst the competition, one of the lower effort ones. So I can't, Whoa. I can't really, well, no, I'm just saying like, no. we have some really like, this is not war, the world warriors is what I'm saying. But, but yeah. thank you for, for entering. Next up is a submission from Thomas Green. Here's my son Noli this year as Johnny Gargano street fight version, since it was a bit chilly for the trunks this weekend. And 
this kid <laughs> looks awesome as Johnny Gargano mm, here. Adorable. He's got the sh- got the shirt, got the knee pads, and he's even got like the Johnny Gargano stubble on here. I mean, this one, this was a lot of effort. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, really just K- kids automatically are going to get bonus points from yeah. us. I would say like a prime reason to have a child is so that you can dress them up as your favorite wrestler, right? So <laughs> John, so John, are you, are, will you be doing this with your child at some point? Uh, not as a wrestler. Does Max have a costume? He does. Yes. We are taking him out on Wednesday. No, he will be representing all the giraffes out there on Wednesday night. <laughs> that that is adorable. I can't wait to see that. Um, very good. Yeah, really, really good uh, entry from Noli. From Amit Singh. From my stag. Thought I was going to be Bret Hart until I was forced to swap for a dominatrix outfit. So here he is, I assume, in the middle with Bret Hart, uh, somebody, and Hulk Hogan. And someone peeping in the back. So I don't think this was even a Halloween costume. Uh, That's okay. And... What what does this thing say? Like WWE core? Um, I'm not sure. Is that, that supposed to be a WWE logo? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this one isn't winning. Yeah, I'm not. But I hope he had a great stag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's the guy next to him supposed to be? In the uh, the other guy in the middle? Yeah. I have no idea. He's just a man in like a blonde wig, and I'm like in a black T-shirt, like. Maybe that was him. What? Well, oh. which one was supposed to be Bret Hart? Well, uh, the one on the left is Bret Hart. He's wearing the dominatrix outfit. Well, I don't know which one is the dominatrix of the two. Okay. Maybe, yeah, it's Bret Hart that's the dominatrix. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. Al Loden, dressed as the Shockmaster, uh, which uh, incorporates a, a Shockmaster mask. No, it does not, John. It incorporates a... Captain Phasma mask from The Force Awakens, which is a silver-colored Stormtrooper mask. Um, I'm so sorry that I I called Shane's uh, costume low effort because this is by far the lowest effort um, submission Ah. in our... I mean, it is. You found a mask on the shelf and just... (laughs) Like, it's as low effort as my costume this year. Liz Fishman, for your Halloween contest two years ago, we were the boss and hug connection before it was even a thing. So we've got the the adult boss and the hugger. Adorable. Yes. We've got the hair, the glasses, shirts, ponytail. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's really kind of all you need. The Bailey thing and then the 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 hair tied in the in the side ponytail. Um adorable. I, I'm sure I'm sure her daughter was just so excited after Bailey showed up at Battleground and the the world was their oyster. Sasha and Bailey. Man, they're going to be gigantic. We've got to be them for Halloween because we want to be ahead of the trend when they're superstars down the line. Uh, perhaps that, yeah. And I wonder if these two would have uh, went on to reenact the the incredible feud that uh, Bailey and Sasha have had over the year. Okay, get ready, way. Joe Mos- Mosqueda. Here is Ronan from last year, my son, 16-month-old son, who looks way cooler than the real Shinsuke Nakamura at the oh, moment. Oh, God, that is... This, this is the happiest child I have ever seen. Oh, he looks like he's about to deliver a Kinshasa. 
Absolutely. Look at this outfit. Okay, it's not just the outfit. He's got like the red pleather of Shinsuke Nakamura. He's got the black armband. He's got the red wristband. Um, I think like I'm looking at at the pants. Are they like they're they're studded? Like they're like the metal studs on the on the pleather pants. But beyond all that, he even has the side haircut, like with the shaved side head. Amazing. Like oh. like like I say, John, a great reason to have children. Man, this kid looks so happy. So that one that that's a high one. I want to see a match between this guy and the child <laughs> and, and Johnny Gargano. Gargano, yeah. Book oh. it. Carl, for your Halloween contest, myself as a good brother, rocking the Zubas and Fanny Pack along with my friends IRS and Hog. We've got yes, we've got well, we got IRS and Henry Godwin, and I guess this guy's like what the a, Macho Man Gang. A good brother is what he said. Uh, I think I think uh, Zubaz and Fanny are just are in the Fanny Pack are just kind of like your your stereotypical wrestler thing. Um, kind of like the Henry Godwin, uh, the the yellow shirt, the, the Godwin and deer hat. The IRS is really good too with the yeah. with the Halliburton. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's not going to win. Tom Dunbar, another mankind. Yeah, that's popular. How how did this guy make the mask? It's a great question. Um, Sometimes an explanation helps. It can go a long way if there's a story behind it, but that's a good mask. Okay, wait a second. He says right here, when your mom... When your mom makes your mankind mask from a leather bag. From a leather bag? Wow, that is incredible. This might have been a purse before. That's brilliant, actually. Wow. wow. Um, well, I, I give him points because, like, that looks like his real hair. It could be a wig, I but it, it, looks, it, it adds to it. it. People don't think about the mankind hair when you're dressing up. As why, don't I face, why don't I Facebook stalk him to let you know? Yeah, you know what? Let's check out. Uh, I don't think let's... he has long hair. No, he doesn't. Oh, yeah. no, no. Well, then I... Uh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to take it away from him. Yeah, he looks like he's bald, I think. Or at least short hair. You're, that's the photo of his dog. No, I'm looking at him. He's oh, okay. on the profile pic, uh, the cover photo. <laughs> got it, got it. All right. So, more Mankind. Wow, Mankind is really big here. All right. Uh, okay, this is from uh, Thomas, who is dressed up as Mankind with... Uh, his Convinced my grandmother to cosplay with me. Wow. So, Thomas and his grandmother... Which one is your grandmother? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I imagine Thomas is the taller one. We don't know that. Um, uh, awesome costumes. Awesome costumes. Great. Yeah. Who knew Mick Foley in 2018 was going to have uh, th- this level of uh, of su- of submissions? I think you okay. know he's an immediately recognizable character. Next, we have Pierce Lancaster. Last Halloween, I went to New Orleans for a music festival. A random stranger dressed as Chris Jericho pointed at me and said, Monkey, you just made the list. I had to get a picture with him immediately. I know I'm not dressed as a wrestler, but I figured you guys would like the story. Yeah, you're right. We're, you're not going to win, but we do love the story. That is cool. He is mm-hmm. dressed up as like a... Oh, he is dressed up as a monkey. Yes. So. Okay. Yeah, we, I, yeah really great uh, story. We have a lot of submissions, Sean. Oh, we're almost done. We're almost done. We we got an Andy Kaufman here. Oh, that that's who he is. At Excellent. a local wrestling show. 
You know, that's more, I would say, like, it looks like he's actually in the show. He might actually be part of the show. So I don't so know if don't that's know. really a Halloween thing, is it's it? It's kind of like, if you're an independent wrestler, Halloween's every weekend. Uh, Andy Partridge is dressed as Trent Seven. <laughs> uh, you know, he's got the shirt, and he, I don't know if he grew out the, the beard and the mustache for Halloween, or if it just happened to coincide. Well, I can see his photo there. It looks like that's a, the natural look. But yeah, there you go. Works. I like it. I like the more kind of obscure uh, independent wrestlers. And the towel. The towel. I like. It yeah. helps that he's got the photo. It's the contrast. The pose. So yeah. And of course, yes. like really, kind of, if you want to dress up as a wrestler, it really is is kind of your one time of the year um, to walk around in the public in your underwear. Okay, we have uh, Pastor Doug and Amish Abraham here from a, a wrestling match. This really isn't Halloween. I'm very familiar with Pastor Doug and Amish Ab- Abraham. Yes, yes. Um, I not not a cosplay, unfortunately. Great match, though. I hope everyone listening to this is following along with the photos. I don't know how this is going to sound if you don't can't see what these uh, people are dressed as. But we're almost through it. Bobby Midkiff. He presents TNA era Hulk Hogan. From that time, he was the TNA champion, which I'm pretty sure never happened. That would be correct. He never won the TNA title. Um, yep. No, sorry. Okay. We don't have time. Uh, then that's it. That's all of them. Okay. Oh, well, wow. he gets points. Sorry. Uh, Bobby, you get points for being the first. How about that? Okay. Uh, tell, me, tell me your top three. Okay. Top three are... Certainly, uh, Joe Mosquita with uh, Mini Shinsuke Naka with Baby Nakamura. Mm-hmm. That's one. I think we're both going to agree on that one. Uh, I like Johnny Gargano, and I like the Road Warriors. Let me just skim through here to see if I've I've missed any. Uh, I really like the Road Warriors. I really like the Kane and Mankind. I think they're. Uh, I love Rusev and Lana and Aiden English. That one was yeah. another one I'd throw in there. Those would be my my top ones. The the three faces of Foley, I think, is is really um, well done. Um, I have to say, like, I have to think, like, I have to include your photo, like, um, like quality of photo. I think that helps too, right? You know, like, it's it's good. It's good. Um, the Matt Hardy one is really good too. Like, are we just going by costume? What what are we going by here? Well, yeah, the costume I think has to be. You know, I can give extra points for, like, some effort. Like, the three faces of Foley, like, that was not just a take a selfie and submit this. This, Mm -hmm. you know, he thought this out. This is so tough. This is the toughest contest, I think, of all of them. Do we have any consolation prizes? Um... I think we could could post the finalists. We could have, like, our finalists, and then we pick the ultimate winner. So you mean, like, we... We ask... We ask people to choose? We could. We could put up the, the five or six on Instagram and then people could, or something. So we're leaving Facebook to go to Instagram for the Facebook contest? We're done with Facebook. I never <laughs> want to come back here again. Uh, we should there... do, or no, we, put them on the, we should put them in the forum so we can add a poll to it. Okay. Yeah. Or, or should we just – we should just pick I don't know, dude. I don't – I'm so – social media is just killing me. Like I'm taking uh, – it's whatever. Whatever you what's want. What's going on? What's, what's wrong? No, there's just like there's too much of it. Oh. There's too much social media everywhere. Okay, I've given um, up. I have I have mine that I will pick. I I leave it to you, John. I give you the responsibility. 
Well, what what's your pick? Oh, I thought I I I I, I don't want to pick. I don't okay. want to pick. Then I'm going with Joe Muscita. I I think that Mini Shinsuke Nakamura is is the winner. I don't think anybody will argue with you for that one. The, a very worthy champion. Uh, there but, were some great submissions. Yeah. I wish we could uh, give multiples because there were some really good submissions. This was the best contest. This was a really yeah. good contest. Everyone, uh, mostly everyone, brought it really strong. Congratulations to Joe and Ronan Mosquita for your entry, Mini Shinsuke Nakamura. Beautiful. All right. Uh, so there you go. And uh, thank you to ECW Press for providing the, uh, the Creating the Mania books. So uh, Joe will be receiving that, which uh, he can read as a bedtime story for Ronan. All right. Uh, let's do some quick feedback and then wrap this up because Way and I still have the double shot coming up later. Tonight's episode of SmackDown. You people voted it a 7.25. That's that's pretty good. Let's start off with Paul. From the Jersey Triad, with all the controversy and worry that Crown Jewel brings, do you think wrestlers get extra bonuses or incentives for participating on the show? Or for the mid-card guys, is it more of a go-or-you're-fired type of deal? No, I don't think it's a go-or-you're-fired type of deal. And, you know, some people that were on the first show stated that I mean, Jim Ross said it was one of the best payoffs he's ever received from Vince McMahon, and he was doing uh, the pre-show for that card. Um, so now he's okay. What, what's his deal though? Like, the, is he somebody who's regularly contracted to appear at all their shows, or is he a one-off type of? Type well, of Jim Ross was an interesting case because he was requested to be at that show. They wanted the guy with the cowboy hat and the crown, and thus Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. They were in demand to be on that show. So, I mean, I don't know what the payoffs range from, but the top guys are making really good money on this show. And I so, believe it was said that the women were paid as well. That was a story, yeah, at the time. I mean, I couldn't confirm that myself. Okay. Um, but anyway, that was, uh, yeah. Listen, they they are not going to fire someone for not doing this show. That would come off so horrible. Mm. Um Anyway, Brandon from Oshawa. I really love this episode of SmackDown. Besides Nakamura and Truth, I thought it was a solid. Uh, sorry, I thought it was solid, and it made me look forward to Crown Jewel even more than I already was. Yes, I said I'm looking forward to Crown Jewel, and I'll tell you why. I am someone who tries very hard to stay away from two things: politics and religion. I see the news and I read the papers and I hear what goes on in this place or that place and it sickens me. The world feels like it keeps taking steps back sometimes. So when I see that a form of entertainment that I enjoy is getting into bed with a country that is incredibly shady, it doesn't make me happy. But I can't lie and say it is going to turn me off of the show. I'm a diehard sports fan as well. A diehard Boston sports fan. So I would feel the same if the Boston Bruins decided they were going to play a series of games somewhere like Saudi Arabia. It would suck and I'd prefer if they didn't, but I would still watch. I don't feel that me watching something that I enjoy and love is in any way supporting the bullshit behind the scenes, so it doesn't make me feel bad. Yeah, I mean, I feel we've gone in so much about this. Um, I don't think that's the exact same thing. It's not the idea of the WWE going to Saudi Arabia. I think it is the nature of this deal and what it entails that has a lot of people turned off by this. And we're going to spend a lot of time speaking about this on Friday. He's also got a Johnny Mundo Survivor update. This Let's hear it. This was a tough episode for everyone on the show. A massive cyclone hit the island and everyone had to be evacuated. What? 
when it ended and everyone was allowed to go back, they showed the damage to everyone's shelters, and it was terrible. John's tribe shelter was flooded and completely totaled. John used his time putting up a new shelter to get into a three-person alliance with his number one fan, Christian, and another former member of the Goliath tribe, Dan. Their alliance name is Brochachos. John told them he wants to be the CEO of their team. Dan had previously found a hidden immunity tool which he can use at Tribal Council to keep himself or an ally safe. In this episode, he found a second immunity idol, which is potentially good news for John if he is ever in trouble. Their tribe won immunity, so John sticks around another week. Man, I wonder if this guy's going to win. Oh, that'd be, yeah, cool. That'd be great for him. MJ, another member of the Jersey Triad. Absolutely love Brian and AJ as far as a WWE match and a TV match at that as well. Had some great spots and moments. It's weird that I can watch guys in Japan nearly break their necks, but the first awkward land by Brian has me cringe. Have you considered that yourselves? It's a shame that we may never get G1 caliber matches from Brian, but this was a high-class wrestling match tonight. Looks like the honeymoon period between Ronda and the WWE Universe is due to end. It was always going to happen. It was always going to happen. Ronda versus a top-tier female who the crowd doesn't want to see get buried goes up against the cash cow. Becky is going to be so over in that matchup, and I fully expect the crowd to boo Ronda out of the building. I already have no faith in WWE protecting Becky here. Question, in 2012, what would John Pollock say if I told him Shinsuke Nakamura would be the U.S. champion facing R-Truth while Cody Rhodes held a major IWGP title? On a separate note, it's not lost on me. The two of the best wrestling shows of the year were non-traditional shows where the crowd was invested in the success of the show, All In and Evolution, and throw in every takeover. Maybe WWE should book more shows where the fans get to cheer for everyone they love and boo who is supposed to be booed, and they'll have far more success with live events. Um, that's quite the interesting, um, uh, um, I guess, uh, fact with Nakamura and Cody swapping places like that. Yes, yes, I would say there was so much there in that in that piece of feedback. It's like it's hard to like go back and (laughs) pick things out. Okay, Alexander from Portland. Becky Lynch is one mean mother. I'm sad we didn't see an Uso brother. Oh my! I think it's uh Lenny Poffo's code name. (laughs) Oh man! There was a smashed pumpkin. Truth replaced Perfect Ten, and Crown Jewel lost one Joe but gained another. Wait, that didn't run. Oh, I think. uh, Okay, I might have screwed that up. Um, great show tonight. Brian and AJ was worth watching. Now I'm curious to see if Brian will stay in the title scene. Question, if we're getting a champion versus champion match at Survivor Series, regardless of who wins at Crown Jewel, do you think the the WWE champion has any chance of beating the Universal champion? So whether it's Joe or AJ, will they beat either Braun or Brock? I'd say it's unlikely, uh, unless they have a storyline reason, like a Drew McIntyre getting involved uh, to set up, you know, Braun's next program with him. I mean, you can go either way. I, the thing is, I don't think it largely matters. To be quite honest, like I, mm, I mean, AJ's lost that match already, though. You know, and I think last year he could afford it, but to lose two years in a row to have your SmackDown champion lose to your Raw champion two years in a row, I'm sure that's at least like something they're considering to avoid. I don't know how much stock people put in that. To be honest, I think it's a momentary thing. You'll get people that are complaining that night and it's AJ's going to be in the exact same spot he is so um, uh, but I, I find it I would be very surprised for them to be like they are very protective of Braun to begin with that I don't see him having his first match if he is winning the title Friday 
uh, losing, unless it's something that sets up like the Drew McIntyre feud, which has a purpose. David from Israel. I only watched half the show since it's super late here, but I really enjoyed Daniel Bryan and AJ's match and couldn't help but notice how much less over Daniel Bryan has gotten. It's astonishing to think that the news of his return was as huge as it was to see him seeing him now being beaten week after week on television in either meaningless or semi-important matches. Speaking of guys who have been badly hurt by booking, has anyone seen Almas? Seems like he has disappeared from the face of the earth. This is why I never give stock to WWE letting guys like Finn or Almas have a competitive match with someone like Roman or AJ because they never go anywhere. Does John know anything about why he is not appearing at the moment? I think it's just a fact that for Crown Jewel, you only have, there are not a whole lot of slots on this show. Like I counted uh, just before this show that if you include even the people that are being flown over that are in the corners, like Big Show and Drew McIntyre and Paul Heyman, it's like 25 people that are on this show. So what are you going to, and you were pushing the women for evolution with Crown Jewel. So I think it was more just a, we don't have anything for you this month. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, 25 people is like, yeah, shockingly low, I think, compared to... Um, like you got the eight for one. the tournament, and that's going to take up seven matches alone. True, yeah. Interesting. Do you think there was some thinking behind that, that, that you know, uh, this time around we don't want to necessarily send everybody, or is it just as a result of this tournament taking place? I don't know what the reason is, but it's... You know, it's a dramatic departure when it was a crazy amount that they brought over last time with the the fifty person Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, compared to this, interesting. So it's 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 scaled back at least talent wise. Andrew from Cape Breton. The show was pretty good tonight. I actually like how they took Brian out of the Crown Jewel match with just the basic wrestling match where the champ went over with one of his finishes. Another highlight was the New Day, as I always look forward to their Halloween shenanigans. Becky Lynch also cut an incredible promo, which makes me hope that her and Rana go on last. I ended up donating to the Committee to Protect Journalists, as well as the Human Rights Watch, and a fund for Rafe Badawi, a blogger who is currently jailed in Saudi Arabia for... Apostasy. I do believe that the what the culture group is doing something similar, and it does seem like a lot of the wrestling community is trying to make some good out of this. All right, we continue on. Uh, that's a very nice thing to uh, to do. Uh, Brandon from New Jersey, my dearest Scarboroughites. I'm not from Scarborough, and I don't think that's what you call people from Scarborough. Do you? Scarbarians? I don't know. It is me, Brandon. I come humbly asking you forgiveness for my long-ranted email yesterday. I went into business for myself and felt like Amazing Red, a.k.a. Airwalk Spriggan in all Japan, and had to get my spots in. Won't happen again. I'm sorry. To SmackDown, it was a fun show. I must say I enjoyed Styles Bryan and the New Day cosplaying as Brood. Fun show. The Meanderings. Ray looks sluggish tonight coming off that weekend in Nassau. Thoughts on Samoa Joe versus AJ Cyrus at Crown Jewel, at Crown Royal. With Cody saying that he is staying or not going back to WWE, is it a foregone conclusion that all will stay and this is all way to work the base again? Shout out to Danielle LaPage. Just, okay. And anyway, I'm out of here. Peace. We can't get into shout outs, everybody. It's just, it's too much. Unless, and I don't even know who these people are. Yeah, Brendan, don't abuse your airtime. Come on. Yeah, we're not going to let you get your shit in. Um, I don't read. I would say from now until the end of the year, I would not take anything say, stated publicly by those whose contracts are coming due. Uh, 
with any anything more than posturing. We go to Jalen from Pickering who says, Boo, you SmackDown. A man shouldn't have to choose between the Raptors game and Styles versus Brian. Good show, ready to move past Crown Jewel, but not ready for another year of awkward cross-brand build for Survivor Series. At least it's only three weeks away. Becky is the main. Rana should be prepared for booze. All right. Oh, yeah. This is someone who wanted me to uh, discuss Edge and Punk in the Observer Hall of Fame. So I'll, I'll tackle that on the double shot. Johnny from Philadelphia. Thought the show was all right. Brian and Styles was great. But the reason behind the match happening tonight made it a bit, a bit harder to enjoy. The New Day dressed up as the Brood was fun to see. But I'm not sure why in 2018 we're still getting Big Show involved in any way. It was interesting to see Charlotte show some doubt in herself by turning down the captain role for Survivor Series. It was unfortunate to see both Raw and SmackDown focus so much on Crown Royal instead of the incredibly well-received Evolution show. Uh, Question about the segment with Shane and the four competitors in the Best in the World tournament. He said if the person who represented SmackDown in the finals ended up losing, they would no longer have a home on SmackDown. Okay, we went over this of who we could see moving. And yes. Finally. I I think we, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we went over that. Finally, we got a Guillaume from Quebec City. I really liked how they managed to change the title program for Crown Jewel as I was expecting a cheap backstage attack on Brian with no match at all against AJ in the near future because of the Champions vs. Champions aspect of the Survivor Series pay-per-view. Speaking of that, would you rather watch AJ versus Braun, AJ versus Brock, Joe versus Braun, or Joe versus Brock at Survivor Series? Uh, yeah, we kind of went over that too. Um, what would you like to watch of those, of those pairings? Of the four, I would say, you know, if it was before tonight, I would have said that Brian and Brock would have been the most intriguing matchup to do on short notice. That's the match Brian had wanted for so long, but he's not part of the equation anymore. So of the four, I would say the most, uh, to be honest, I think that I can't say any of the pairings are, I can't say there's one pairing over the other that really jumps out at me. Um, I'm not dying to see Styles and Strowman. I mean, it's a weird mix. I think it'll be fine. And the rest are matches that we've seen. Yeah. Uh, To me, like, because that's the freshest match that we haven't seen yet, AJ versus Braun, that's the one I would pick. Yeah. And that very well could be what we see. All right. Uh, That is the end of the show. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. We appreciate all of your listenership. And we are going to be back. We have the Double Shot coming up if you're a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe. And then all of our slate of shows that you can check out at postwrestling.com. That includes uh, British Wrestling Experience on Wednesday. We're also going to have a preview of UFC 230 uh, with my pal Phil. We're going to be going through the the card on Saturday. Plus, we've got Thursdays up next with Braden and Davey. A new post Peter Resu with WH Park on the show. Friday is our Crown Jewel event where we are going to be joined by many guests, including Todd Martin, David Bixenspan, Brandon Howard from WrestleNomics Radio, Lavi Margolin. We are also going to be joined by uh, David Myers, who actually worked in the White House, and uh, much more. So uh, that show will be up uh, right after Crown Jewel. We're aiming for a 4.30 p.m. Eastern start time, hoping that Crown Jewel wraps up by then. And yeah. yes, and, and everybody will be able to stream that show in video form on YouTube. Uh, just go to postwrestling.com for the link around that time. Perfect. And then the week will wrap up with eggshells on Saturday and a UFC 230 review on Saturday night. Plus, we've got Power Struggle on Saturday. So if you are a cafe member, you're going to get Ask Away, the double shot, and 
a power struggle review uh, coming up on Saturday. So uh, join in on the fun. There's going to be lots of shows coming your way over the next week. Uh, Thank you for your listenership, and we will speak with you uh, in a couple of minutes on The Double Shot.